Hey, Pure Golf Podcast listeners, you can find our episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Amazon Music. To check out our weekly YouTube videos, go visit My Pure Golf. Link will be in the bio. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Pure Golf Podcast. In today's podcast, it is myself, Jordan, and special guest, newcomer on the podcast, David. David, why don't you introduce yourself to the people, explain who you are, where you're from, just everything about you, man. Yeah, no problem. Uh, glad to be here, guys. Um, so yeah, obviously, my name's David. Um, no Jordan for quite a while, actually, going all the way back to elementary school um, and somehow, you know, stuck with them through all that time. But, you know, been uh, been loving golf for a while now. And so I played in high school, um, was captain of the, the golf team my senior year, um, but still wasn't quite good enough to really compete at a higher level than that. So um, that pretty much was uh, the end of my career, but have loved it as a hobby ever since and have always followed the PGA since I was a little kid. You know, so just love being around the game, uh, whatever capacity I'm able to be. You know, you know, David's a diehard fan. I know if you're listening to the podcast right now, he's wearing a master's hat. That's how serious he is in this, <laughs> in this, in this PGA tournament. So anyways, let's jump into it. Uh, Jordan, I actually, by the way, I love the outline. You started it with on the range slash warm up. So we have a few warm up questions. Yes. Uh, live rumors. What is that yeah. about Jordan? Let's start with that. Okay, so nobody saw this last week. Ariane and I have already covered part of this, but we edited it completely out because the only person that I wanted the reaction of was David, who was not able to make it last week. Because, David, I wanted to tell you up, up close and personal as I'm like a thousand miles away from <laughs> you right now. Um, there's a rumor about one of your favorite golfers ever returning to golf oh, no. on the Live Tour. And his name is Anthony Kim. There is a strong oh. <laughs> that he would be going to the live tour because it would negate that all the history. I'm not going to get into the history of Anthony Kim and why he can't compete wow. anymore. But this would be a big win for Team Zach's Asians and also the live tour <laughs> yeah. for Team Zach. And also, I mean, I've never met a big, uh, I've never met a bigger Anthony Kim fan than David, who is sitting here. So I had to just. I had to hear from you. Dude. Are you excited about the potential or not? I honestly don't even know. Can the guy still play? He's I mean, he had his 15 really minutes good. of fame. He did. Dude, he was amazing there for, for a quick minute. Yeah. I mean, you know, for he was able to actually compete at an incredibly high level mm -hmm. and then just, you know, obviously just completely disappeared from the game, at least mm -hmm. publicly. But um, I don't know, man. I mean, if he's able to compete, I think it makes a I think it makes a lot of sense. Um, <clears> if he's not, I mean, I don't know. They got guys on there that they have only because of their name. Look at Ian Poulter, right? <laughs> I mean, he can still play, but he's not going to win on the tour. He's going to hardly compete. I mean, what happened right before he jumped to live? Right. You know, right. he wasn't competing at a high level that we were used to seeing from him. And now he's, you know, probably making his career earnings in like a year or two. So, David, you know, maybe we'll see the same with Anthony Kim. 
David, explain to the average golfer, because I am the most average golfer as it can get. Like, I do not know who you are talking about. Explain (laughs) in two sentences who this person is and why do you have a fascination about him? Uh, Who, Ian Poulter or or, or, uh, Anthony Kim? Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. So Anthony Kim about, I don't know, shoot, man, probably 10, 15 years ago was a young player coming on tour, you know, not a very big guy. But, I mean, the way he hit a golf ball was incredible. I mean, really what it was was how he played. I mean, he had a pretty powerful game for someone, you know, with a shorter statue. Doesn't is not able to normally get the leverage on the ball, but he was. And, I mean, he hit the ball differently than anybody else outside of maybe a handful of guys. And this is still when Tiger was king, you know, for the most part, um, just before he had his big ball from Grace. And, I mean, the guy was just a rock star came out swinging as a young player didn't he i think he might have won rookie of the year even yeah or he he was in contention he was he zach he was like (laughs) he was he was the next big thing yeah he was the next big thing and he was a big deal and it actually hurt the game of golf Mm -hmm. a good bit for him to leave i don't want to go into all the reasons why he left okay but um because it's just a, it's a long story. I'm not even going to sum it up for you. But it was like this dude was he was an he was an Asian golfer, but he also was doing clinics with Tiger Woods. There's a there's a very famous mm-hmm. clinic of him and Tiger. And Anthony Kim, who, who I would compare him to right now, is kind of like a Tom Kim. Like Tom Kim was all about the waste management, and he wanted every tournament to be like that. That's kind of how Anthony Kim was. Like the dude could hit a golf ball. Um, and I think yep. the dude enjoyed life off the course as well as how I'm going to put it. Um, and so, <laughs> but he was, he was a huge, huge potential star for the PGA tour. Yeah. Um, but so, to, yeah. to answer your question, like in one sentence, yeah. it, what I loved about Anthony Kim was his golf swing, pure and mm-hmm. simple. Wow. It was unbelievable. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Agreed. So I'm going to have to take a peek at, at live is what you're telling me. That's, that's crazy. If, um, if he, if he signs the deal and then there's four other names that yeah. just signed. Uh, we said that live wasn't going to sign as big, as many big names this year. They signed Thomas Peters, who's number 34 in the world. Uh, Mito Pereira, who choked on a major last year with, mm-hmm. I'll be critical, the worst club selection I've ever seen off the tee when it mattered the most in the history of the game. And he deserves <laughs> Every bit of criticism well, that he gets by, for it. By the way, and I, the swing. Yeah. By the way, I the just swing saw was that. terrible. I just saw that on the new do- uh, Netflix documentary. I just <laughs> saw that like downfall. That is yeah. insane. By the way, sorry. Continue though. No, you're good. Um, and then uh, Brendan Steele and Sebastian Mun- Wow Munoz. Um, <laughs> so those are the other names that they're signing. Not nearly who they signed last year. Thomas Peters is a pretty big get for them. The other names, take them or leave them. Um, they're fine, but it, it, it well, isn't. They've got to round game. out. Yeah. I mean, they've got to round out the field, though. I mean, mm-hmm. you got all the big names, like, right off the bat. And I'm like, who are they competing? You know? Yeah. There still has to be more people competing. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. You know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Well, let's move on to mm-hmm. the actual tournament that we are talking about in this recap. It is the Genesis Invitational. It just finished yesterday as we released this on Monday. Sorry, I was just, I had to think about it in my brain for a second. Um, Let's start with the main headline, Tiger Woods got to initial thoughts. David, we'll start with you. What are your initial thoughts on Tiger? How did you think he performed? Give me your thoughts. 
Oh, I mean, for somebody playing with one leg, I mean, it's pretty incredible. I mean, the, the fact that we're actually watching a play, I'm still amazed by. Uh, I, I mean, I know it's been over. I mean, I think it's been over a year now. Certainly has. You know, that he almost died. And the guy's still coming out firing. Still has got the belief he can win. Because, I mean, you know, like he said in his initial press conference, he's like, I'm, the only reason I'm here is because I think I can win. Mm-hmm. You know? I mean, I and, you know, he battled. He played. He was a gamer. And I think that that's incredible. I mean, I would never count out Tiger Woods. I don't care what tournament. I don't care how old he is. I don't care, you know, what the circumstance. If he's playing, you can never count him out. I mean, the odds aren't aren't in his favor anymore. But, man, I love the fact that he was playing, getting to watch him. I mean, it, it brings memories back, honestly. You know, at least for me, I'm like, I mean, that that's everything, watching him play as a kid. So it's – I'll cherish, I mean, especially considering what he's gone through, I'll cherish every chance I get to watch him play, whether he plays well or not. Absolutely. I know, like, for me, I I literally started watching golf last year, but the narrative has pulled me in for Tiger, you know, Mm -hmm. like the whole whole accident, then he had stuff off the field, and he comes back, and he's made this big comeback. It's this massive comeback story that Jordan and I actually talked about in our last podcast about how we think he's gearing up for the Masters. And we're ready to rock and roll for mm-hmm. that. But we're excited for that. Jordan, what are your initial thoughts on Tiger? Oh, my gosh, Zach. You're asking me to, like, write a novel. I know. Right I know. Let's, Man. let's keep this to initial. <laughs> I um, Unbelievable, truthfully. It didn't, as you and I talked about Thursday, simply glad to see him make the cut. Um, and then I think it's just incredible. I mean, it is. It's a new structure for the PGA turn, uh, PGA tour this year with the Genesis uh, Invitational and everything. The crowds going around him at the Genesis Invitational are unbelievably huge, and like I know they're bringing in more money. It is unbelievable to see that many people go out and support him at a tournament that, in all respects, to Tiger. It really doesn't mean that much. It's not a major, um, but I just, I I think we all cherish him more than ever because we know what could happen at any minute. At any, at any minute, he could just be done with golf. And I think to hear the pressers with him um, before and after, you realize the sun is setting on the career and you just appreciate greatness, which I think all of us do as athletes. We're all athletes and we all appreciate greatness. And I think every single fan there appreciates the fact that he just came out and and tried. I mean, to be honest with you, his stats are unbelievable in some areas and uh, and very believable in other areas is how, is how I'll put it. But um, unbelievable. I keep saying the same word, but yeah, really yeah. cool to see him out there. I I remember watching day one and you had two ridiculous groups back to back. You had JT, Tiger and Rory in one group. And literally the group behind them, you had Colin, Scotty Scheffler and Jordan Spieth. And what's absolutely hilarious, I remember them talking about this on the broadcast, is they're talking about how Scotty's the brand new number one. And they were mentioning how the crowd wasn't even following him. And it must be kind of like a shell shock because everybody is crowding around the group in front of him. Right. So it's just like a crazy thing that happened uh, at that tournament. It was incredible to see him play. But let's move on now to the winner of the tournament, John Rom. I mean, the dude is 
absolutely on a tear right now. Jordan, what are your initial thoughts on the winner? What do you think? How do you think he played? This is his third win of the year or fourth? It's the third win. I, I am going off the calendar year. So from January 1st and on. Third win. He's uh, had five starts and he's got five top tens and no missed cuts. And he's been in the final group, I think, or or the second to last or the final group um, in every tournament so far, I think. Um, it's unbelievable the tear he's on. And I'm hoping that he's not peaking too early. You know, that's that's kind of the scare for me is he's playing his best golf when it matters the least right now, you know? It's the beginning of the season. And so you hope he can take it through to Augusta. Um, David and I were talking about some stats before um, we started recording. Uh, tied for second in greens and regulations, and um, he was seventh in putts per green and regulation. But his driving accuracy was an astounding 41% which is just horrible. It's, uh, but to find a fairway here is pretty tough. Um, it, it's tough. So I think he, what he's doing is, I'm not going to say unparalleled, but it's, it's really, really incredible so far. And you just kind of hope that he can keep it going uh, heading into Augusta. Can it last another month or two is, is my question. Because to play at this level, you have done it for very long. So yeah. Yeah, that's absolutely crazy. We're talking about peaking too early. That's like, that's insane. That's insane for me to wrap my head around. David, what are your thoughts on John Rom? What'd you think? Anything that stand, stood out to you? Yeah, I mean, it's incredible. I mean, watching the guy play, I mean, it's it's 100% every single swing. I mean, he just, he goes all out. You know, I mean, it, it's amazing. I mean, it, it does in some sense. I mean, he's fiery. He's into it. You know, the guy is just just constantly pushing the envelope, it seems like, on a golf course. But, you know, at the end of the day, I mean, I I, I kind of had the same thought that Jordan did. Is he peaking too early? But it honestly reminds me a little bit of last year. I mean, you know, John Rahm has been around longer than Scotty Scheffler at the, at the you know, same point in time. But, I mean, Scotty peaked awfully early. And he was still able to clean up at the Masters. You know, I mean, you started to see it fade a little bit down the stretch, maybe. But, you know. Uh, it, it's a still a legitimate question, but I'm like, I mean, with the way John Rahm's playing, I mean, the sky's the limit. I mean, the guy's unbelievably talented. You know, he he hits the ball a mile, you know, and even with the driving inaccuracies, it's like around that course, there are so many times I saw guys not get on the stat sheet, you know, being in the fairway, but they were like a foot, a yard, three yards, you know, just into the fringe, you know, and with how talented these pros are, I'm like that's it's really not that bad. Like you can a lot of times you can make shots out of there. Yes, spin can be reduced. Yes, you know it makes it a little bit tougher. But I didn't think the fringe was that bad this week relative to some yeah. courses that the players are about to get into. You know, as they get further into the season. So all in all, I mean, just incredible tournament. I loved the battle between him and Homa the entire way, almost. Especially when we got to Saturday and Sunday, that was that was pretty good to see. And I mean, John Ram. John Rahm, he just outlasted him. So the thoughts on the atmosphere of the tournament, I kind of, you know, alluded to already, but um, the turnoff for this thing was unbelievable and the atmosphere seemed pretty unbelievable. I thought like the, the fans were super supportive. Sometimes they annoy me with how much they yell stupid things. Sometimes that, that may just be me. Um, but I also, 
I thought the atmosphere like of the the course itself was incredible. Of still hole number 10 is a drivable par 4 and it is throwing these golfers so off. It's the craziest thing I've I've seen of you have like a 310 yard hole. These guys are like laying up just short of the green. I Scott Piercy went bunker to bunker to bunker to bunker to bunker. It's like this is a professional golfer. Um man, truthfully, it, it is it is not an easy golf course. And the par threes are tripping these guys up. The par, the par fives are are gettable, but the par threes, I think it's hole number six with a bunker in the middle of the green. We saw Tiger hit a shot on the on the far left, hit it a putt into the bunker, holes out or not doesn't hole out, gets out of the bunker and then gets up and down for for bogey and the question that occurred to the woman i was listening to was how do you even mark that on the on the scorecard he put it into a bunker and then he got up and down from there but it wasn't technically an up and down um the course is unbelievable and i i think it'd be really cool to play out there one day but if you are off just by a little bit it punishes the crap out of you and i i love a golf course that that does that so I thought the atmosphere from the fans and from the course as a whole, it didn't let me down at all. And quite frankly, I know Tiger's the big backer for the tournament. And they're going to do whatever Tiger says. It earned a designated event because it definitely didn't let, I think I don't think any of us down. We all watched. This is the most golf I've watched all year, and I don't miss a minute of coverage. But I was on ESPN Plus so much this week watching it all. It was so entertaining. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I agree with what Jordan said. I mean, it, it should absolutely earn a spot every single year as a, as a um, a prominent tournament outside of the majors. I mean, it is a historic course. It may not be historic in the sense of Pebble Beach or Augusta, but I mean, there's how many thousands of golf courses in the United States, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, this has been around for an incredible, incredibly long period of time, you know? And like you were talking about with Hole 10, I mean what the average person probably doesn't realize is where the tee box is situationally relative to that green. And then how the green is angled to where you have to fly it almost 300 yards to be able to actually, and then, Oh, and then by the way, stop it on these incredibly fast greens. And you see why almost every single player would lay up relatively speaking, you know, just hit it into the fairway and have a nice hundred yards or less wedge shot in and be able to control it and move on you know and even then it was difficult because it's entirely surrounded by by bunkers i mean just incredible golf course incredible event obviously the fans love tiger i mean it was a different atmosphere whenever he's in a tournament even if he's dead last it's unbelievable the impact he has on the pga tour even as he's pretty much walking around with you know one good ankle can barely you know trying to figure out his swing turning through the golf ball. I mean, they compared it. One of the most fascinating things to me in the tournament was they compared his first time at Riviera and they had, they had footage to what it was this time. And I mean, the difference is amazing, mm-hmm. especially with this golf swing outside of his apparel. I mean, it was wild back yeah. in the day, but you know, it's just an incredible event. Um, I think it really put it on the map this year, though, the fact that Tiger played and you had yeah. those crowds, they followed him the second he got on that course and they would not leave him alone, you know? And I agree with you, Jordan, like, yeah, the fans are saying ridiculous stuff, but 
in the era of social media, it's it's yeah. never going away. <laughs> You're right. It's not. It's definitely not. My uh, <laughs> my one take on the entire thing is Jordan. If there if there was ever if I ever played a course where there's a bunker in the middle of the green, mm-hmm. and I actually managed to find that bunker, I would snap my club and go home. There's absolutely no way. <laughs> There's no way there should be a bunker in the middle of the green. But anyways, I digress. Anyways, let's jump into a few other players. Uh, is there anybody, David, off the top of your head that you want to mention? Um, I know, you know, we mentioned Max Homa did did well. We already covered Tiger. Is there anybody else that you really want to uh, talk about? Yeah, I thought um, Patrick Cantley really stood out. I mean, the guy wasn't almost didn't feel like he was in it till the end. And then he just, you know all of a sudden in the you know middle of the last round was really pushing and i think pushing the guys you know just behind him um and it was just impressive i mean he's a california guy you know it it makes a lot of sense he really wants to win almost on this home turf you know if you will so but i just i was really impressed with his fortitude trying to push grind it out get as many birdies as he could but um but he you know he just he seemed like he ran out of gas there the last you know about four holes ish um, but no, I thought Patrick Cantley played a great term. And the other guy that kind of surprised me was, uh, Will Zalatorius there at the end, you know, ending up on the last day shooting a seven under, I mean, he was completely out of the tournament, but he earned himself quite a bit more money than he would have otherwise. True. Yeah, absolutely. True. Jordan, who do you have to talk about? <laughs> Man. Okay. I'm going to be a little bit more long winded than David was here. Um, <laughs> Because I also, the notables who missed the cut are actually some big names. So I'm going to mention some of those. Jordan Spieth, Justin Rose, my least favorite golfer ever, Matthew Fitzpatrick, missed the cut. Hideki missed the cut. Uh, Bo Hosler, I mentioned him because he shot, I think he shot a 62 last week. So I thought the guy was playing phenomenal golf and then he went out and missed the cut. Keegan Bradley, Siwoo Kim, Sam Burns, and Billy Horschel all missed the cut. Those are big names uh, to to miss the cut, which to have that many big names, I know it's an elevated tournament. I'm kind of shocked. I, I really thought Spieth would make the the cut because you need a good short game around Riviera because you're you're gonna miss your fair share of greens. Spieth, if there's anything that man has confidence in, um, it's a short game, and it just kind of shocked me to miss the cut. So David already covered. We've covered John Rom, Max Homa. The one who I'm going to talk about is um, Keith Mitchell. If you look at his stats, they are unbelievably good. And it's actually a shocker that this dude like lost. First off, based on appearance alone, Keith Mitchell doesn't strike me as a guy who is an absolute bomber. And I think maybe it's the visor throwing me off or something like that. It's the visor throwing you off because it's throwing me off too. Dude, this dude crushes a golf ball. And the fact that Josh Allen is out there trying to watch Keith Mitchell is the coolest thing ever that you have Josh Allen trying to. He's in there with the fans pulling for Keith Mitchell. He's not. It was was cool to me just to have uh, that big of a name out there just pulling for you. Um, His stats are ridiculous. Um, He was tied for 27th in driving accuracy. He was number two in sand save, number six in scrambling, tied for 25 in greens and regulation, and tied for 10 in total putts, um, and number two in driving distance. That is a picture almost perfect round, because if you go to Rom's numbers, he's kind of, he's elite in some, and then he's above average in others. Keith Mitchell was the most rounded in the field that I could find of 
he's low in pretty much everything. Um, bright future ahead for Keith Mitchell. Um, I think we'll be talking about about him more in later this year. Uh, just I, I'm in, I'm impressed by the guy all around. And then some other names to mention who had really great weeks. Jason Day continues to play extremely well. Colin Morikawa, your guy, Zach. I was about to mention him. Yeah, that's huge. He keeps he keeps finding a way, and he was also the guy that they had on the um, like the AirPods in the ear analysis this week. They had him on hole number ten. How can you not like the guy? He's just million dollar smile, um, super entertaining and super like open about like his core strategy and everything like that of how how hard this hole of number ten was. And then a blast from the past for me and David, Matt Kuchar. Coming back from what was some type of grave, it felt like, and had a really good week. Um, Solid. Yeah, he, he he played really well. And then finally, I didn't hear Scotty Scheffler's name all week, so I thought he performed really poorly. Guys, he tied for 12th. That's <laughs> right outside the top 10. That is crazy. And nobody, they hardly showed him on the TV. He was hardly covered, and I'm sure... I, I was sure he like was like shooting over par or something like that. And he wasn't, he was time for 12. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking at his stats right now. He shot under par every single day and he didn't get covered the entire, the entire tournament. That is absolutely time. wild to me. Also, he's the number one golfer. Like you'd think he would get some airtime, you know, but yeah, um, I, w- I was stunned, but tiger and John Rahm, I mean, the the guys that they covered, Keith Mitchell was the the lesser of all the names that they were covering. I know there was a lot to cover, but um, yeah, he's the world number one, which I think Rom re actually gained world Probably. number one with this win. Yeah. I don't know that for a fact, but I think so. Um, but yeah, that's that, those are kind of my my honorable mentions of people people to name. Yeah. I'm probably going to mention this name. I actually have two names that I was going to mention. Go for it. But you already said Colin. He's going to be my guy that I mention every single time. Second guy, uh, Ricky Fowler, top 20. That's all I'm going to say. He's he's hanging in. He's doing well. He fires me up. So uh, I'm going to dig back into something real quick because this is kind of a a notable stat. Since our stat guy, shout out to Ariane. He couldn't make it because he's literally stuck in the airport right now trying to get home. Um, So, yeah. Miss you, Ariane. I'm going to dig into a stat because one about Tiger came out that was kind of amazing. 302-yard driving average for the first three days today was down at 285. Three notable drop-off in your driving distance. Um, We talked about he hasn't played 72 holes of golf. Um, So there's definitely some recovery that that needs to be mentioned there. We, We know that he's banged up. We know he's injured and everything like that. That is a 17 yard drop off in driving distance so he was clearly bothered by it and he went out there and shot two over par on a very tough golf course um so it's not something that i wanted to 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 slip by i think he looked polished um he he putted pretty well for the most part but um yeah well think about it with tiger though i mean the craziest part about this is that the guy hasn't played Mm -hmm. and he comes in he makes a cut in a stacked field at a yep. difficult course, one that he has never won at. Mm-hmm. And yet he still puts in a solid performance. I mean, even today he was at plus, I mean, for the day at one point he was at plus four, I believe. 
Mm-hmm. And then he, and he grinded it back and got a couple birdies down the stretch. Right. I'm like, that just doesn't, that just doesn't happen. You know, and his caddy hadn't been around him. He even made mention of this. No. His caddy didn't even know what shots that he could <laughs> hit right now. Like, And then the, yeah. you add in the adrenaline and everything like that. Like I tell Zach all the time, tournament golf is a different beast. It, it's a different yeah. beast to, to have the adrenaline going through you and everything like that. Um, well, did you see that uh, Mitchell's longest drive was 382 yards? And it was the third longest drive of the tournament. <laughs> That's <laughs> I did not see that. It's incredible. Yeah. Yes. And another thing about Tiger, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but on day one, wasn't he consistently out driving JT and Rory? He was. Yeah, but he was. In his, in his post round interview, he said, essentially, don't get it twisted. Like Rory has an extra gear that he can get onto. Yeah. And the it. next day, Rory absolutely showed that he's got that gear. Tiger doesn't have well, that gear anymore. No. And it's situational golf. You're not going to be hitting your furthest on day one as Justin Thomas or Rory McIlroy. You don't need to. You need to post a score. And you need to get used to the course and how it's playing. So Tiger, he's not has nothing to really lose. Mm-mm. you know. So he's going out there. He's with two of his best friends on tour. You know, Did you see the whole the joke? That yes. he did. I was about to bring that up. You yeah. know, that's, yeah. yeah. I mean, like he's out there having a good time. I mean, he says he wants to win and I believe him, but he also understands now. I think everything he's gone through, he now understands, you know, just he's going to live his life. He's going to do the best he can. And it's just not always going to be what it once was. And he's, he seems like he's able to live with that. Whereas 10, 15 years ago, I mean, that would have broken him. It did break him. Yeah, literally. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Absolutely. And final thing on the Rory thing, he did switch drivers after day one, which was kind of interesting. Um, <laughs> I read that I think over on golf.com. He went from I think an old version of the tailor-made stealth to this tailor uh, tailor-made stealth two plus or something like that that's not available to us. <laughs> <It's not laughs> um, but he did Dude, that's gonna be a great sales pitch though. I know, right? Like he did switch up drivers. <laughs> After Tiger out drove him, he had to me the equipment change. So I yep. just just putting that out, yeah. there. putting that out there. You know that's going to be a commercial soon, right? Absolutely. It, when I Tiger mean, they're both with Taylor off, made. let me just go over to this club and I will outdrive Tiger. That is just <laughs> incredible marketing. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's awesome! All right, let's jump into the next segment. Uh, what can golfers learn? If you watch the Genesis Invitational, Jordan, you can start this off. Um, what can the average golfer learn from watching the tournament in general? Guys, I'm, I normally have this segment nailed down and I'm taking notes all week. This in, in full transparency is the most golf I watched that I didn't take hardly any notes all week. I normally have like pages and pages of these notes. I have two this week, but what can golfers learn is. If you have injuries and everything like that, you can still find a way to generate speed and, and generate power no, no matter what. Tiger has every freaking injury in the book. Yes, is he like a savant in terms of golf? Absolutely, sure is. But he, you can generate power and speed and distance in golf in different ways. And I think it's important to know for whoever's out there, no matter what injury you've got, you can still find a way to get the ball out there straight and and, and get some some distance out there in, in a variety of ways. Um, don't let your previous injuries hold you back would be kind of what I what I gathered from this week for the average golfer, for sure. 
Absolutely. David, what do you have for the average golfer? Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest takeaway for me was something that Jordan actually touched on earlier. He was talking about John Rama, statistically speaking, he wasn't nearly as good as Mitchell was. Um, yet he beat him by what five strokes. And I think the one key difference was that he, every opportunity he had, he took advantage of, mm. yep. he was able to really lock it in and focus. And that's what, I mean, that's what makes John Rom John Rom, And that's what makes a lot of these top golfers the way they were. It's what one of the reasons Tiger was so great was that when he had an opportunity, he was able to calm down, attack it, approach it and just settle in and, and make putts. So, I mean, that's really where the difference was, was situational golf. When an opportunity presented itself, which especially was around the green um, for John Rahm, when he got into a scoring situation, he, he, he didn't make mistakes. He made plenty of mistakes along the way and where he wasn't able to capitalize on some of the holes. But yet, when he was given an opportunity, he was able to score. And I think a lot of that goes back to practice, though, and making sure you prepare for those opportunities, whether you're an average golfer, great golfer, you're terrible. You know, I mean, I know in my game, when I go out and I shoot really bad, it's because I continue to compound mistakes, you know. And so I think John Rahm was able to do two things really well. He took advantage when he had a chance and he did not allow mistakes to get compounded. That's really like good. That. That's really good. I'm an average golfer, so I do not have any insight for the average golfer. Let's <laughs> jump into the awards. Jordan, I like this too. Did you come up with this? The 19th hole? Is this what we're calling the awards segment now? Yeah, so this is like the closing part of the of the podcast, like the the winding down the the nineteenth hole. We're going to the to the bar to grab a for me water. But um, yeah, yeah, that's, that's what we're doing. The nineteenth hole, yeah, nice. Okay, uh, do we have any awards that we want to hand out? Either of y'all can start it. I'm not sure. I've got to figure out my award right now. Just say Keith Mitchell get the big dick award, but you're probably gonna have to cut that. <laughs> I'm leaving I'm leaving that in. I don't care if we're a family friendly pie. I'm leaving that in. I don't know. I, I respect that. Dude, David's I daughter's that now cannot listen bombs. to the podcast. <laughs> There's a reason they're upstairs. <laughs> oh my gosh. Bedtime's um, only one of them. Yeah, expound on that award. I, I want to know more as to why Dude, he's getting look, the he's a, award. Please don't cut this into <laughs> YouTube shorts. <laughs> <laughs> look, man. Like, dude, the guy looks, I mean, he looks like, like a golf pro at your local club. I mean, and yet he's hitting bombs the entire time. I mean, shoot, what was the stat? Second or second on driving distance, third longest drive, which I want to know what the other two were that are that beat it, but 382. Averaging 321.6 yards per drive. I mean, you know, what a champ. Uh, it's incredible. I mean, it's especially at a course like that. Those were not generous fairways. No. You know, I mean, it's it, it, pretty incredible. So, you know, he went for it. That's he went for it. I he hear did. you. I'm sure you can come up with a PG title for that award. Yeah. But. Yeah, no, uh, I just, no, I, I, if Zach makes in, that into a YouTube short, I can't wait to see what phallic symbol and enters the, the emojis. <laughs> I most people I, go with the eggplant. 
I I uh I wish I could make this as short, but my mother would no, murder me. Don't. So we cannot post that, but we will leave it in the podcast for it's anybody fun. that's listening. Yeah. So um, believe it or not, I was at church this morning. So okay, cool. Go, 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 go. Awesome. That's awesome for the for the viewers. Jordan, do you have any awards that you want to give anybody or do you want me to start it because i do have my fortune cookie award yeah yeah i love the fortune cookie award let's go (laughs) okay so the fortune cookie award if you guys do not know and you're listening to the podcast and you cannot see me i'm half asian i'm allowed to do this i award this the fortune cookie award to an asian golfer that i think that stood out for the weekend and this is a tough one because my number one pick hideki matsuyama we're all in a fantasy golf uh, league, by the way, he got cut. So he was going to be my fortune cookie award, but when you get cut, you can't be. Um, so I got to just go back to my guy, Colin Morikawa. He finished 11 under. He was very consistent. I was going to award it to an Asian that is a little bit less known, but there is genuinely nobody. I am looking down this entire list. The next person is 33rd. So he's not, he does not warrant the award of the fortune cookie award. Colin, you're my guy. You're my number one dude. Um, Love that out of you. That's my award for the week. I respect that. I, I can't wait when we add up at the end of the year. I think you need to keep a running count of the fortune cookie award. Cause I feel like Colin Morikawa is going to be about a 47 time winner. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm not going to lie. I can't even remember who the last one was. I think it was Kim. I think it was Brandon Wu. Who I, I have to put this in the podcast right now. Last, last time when we went through this with you, you're like, Brandon Wu has an American flag next to his name. So I don't know if he's actually Asian. And to my wife, I said, as we were listening to the podcast, he, I go, Zach would also have an American flag next to his name. <laughs> and he's Asian, so I don't get what the discrepancy was. Um, man, that was just incredible. So as much as I want to give the award to Tiger, I've been pretty Tiger praiseworthy this entire podcast. Um, I will give the Cutting It Close Award to Xander uh, Shoffley. Um and who I think my wife called Xander Souffle this week. That is incorrect. That is not <laughs> his name at all. Um, with the cut line at plus one, Xander went on to hole out for Eagle yeah. from the middle of the fairway on <laughs> 17. Yeah. And I don't know that a, a cut has ever been that close because then he he kind of pushed it for par and almost missed the cut again on hole 18. Um, kind of a little knee knocker putt there. But the cutting it close award will go to Xander this week. Um, I, that was amazing, truthfully. That was because it just dunked right in the cup. It was a, it was a heck of a shot. It was incredible, yeah, yeah, Money. yeah. Um, yeah, I guess that's the award segment for that was probably the bet. I enjoyed that award segment more because of David's influence on um, the new award that we will come up with. The, for the big award. <laughs> so all right let's do a quick little preview um not even a preview this is going to be oddly specific predictions for next week's tournament uh the honda classic i am actually going to start this one off the oddly specific prediction that i have is that my fortune cookie award will be the winner of the tournament so i that is my oddly specific prediction for the Honda Classic. Also, 
isn't Honda aren't Hondas made in Asia? So it's like perfectly combined through and through all of it together. Wait, is it? <laughs> so I want to make sure I, I want to make sure I'm understanding this correctly. You are predicting an Asian is going to win the tournament. That's I am, yes. That okay. is my oddly specific prediction. Okay. Okay. All right. David, what do you got? I'm gonna I'm gonna say that Billy Horschel will not win. Okay. That's very specific. <laughs> it's literally as unspecific as And it's gets. also going to have, what are you talking about? So he's not gonna win. <laughs> so you picture him placing from two to miscut? So that's very no, specific. Okay, fine. <laughs> he's gonna make the cut and then he's gonna lose, like okay. a whole bunch of other people. But okay. no, honestly, <laughs> I'm gonna say this. I think that Matt Kuchar gets a top ten. Okay. Nice. I think that Matt Kuchar will finish and he'll keep the ball rolling, you know, and I think with the field being what it is mm-hmm. and he's played pretty well at Riviera. Um, I think he could come in and certainly I think he'll get a top 10. Okay. There you go. My oddly specific uh, prediction is last year's winner, Sepp Straka. I think he's going to go 74-74 and miss the cut. Um I feel like I have the most specific prediction of anyone so far. So I'm going to give myself a pat on the back. You do <laughs> for that one. Um, well, what about that? What do you think the winning score is going to be? How low? Oh, man. I let's just go negative 19. I'll go negative 19. So only two less than what John Rom just won with. Yeah. At arguably a more difficult course, right? Yeah, but who knows? I'm just I it's it's definitely a lesser field next week, man. We're not gonna see the top names. No, you're it's right. It's not as good of golfers. Um, yeah, but you know what it's like in some of these off weekend tournaments. I do. It's like I all do. of a sudden someone's like 25 under. Yeah. You know? Yeah, just because the course isn't set up the same way. I'm I'm sick with negative 19. Do you do you want to counter okay. me? What, what do you what do you have here? Yeah, I'll go I'll go negative, I'll go negative twenty-two. Negative, I, if, you, if you went negative 20 or negative 18, I was going to charge you on Venmo like $70 <laughs> for passive aggressiveness. <laughs> Zach, you got a winning score you want to throw out there? I don't, dude. I don't know. Let's go negative 27. That is negative mine. Zach know. has a tendency like to be it. right bold. on the most ridiculous things. He's it's, like, yeah. I'm sorry. Finish. I'm sorry. Go, go ahead. ahead. I'm, I'm just going to say what I'm going to say because it was going to get me in trouble. Except for my fantasy picks, because I always headline it with an Asian on my fantasy picks. Colin missed the cut last week and Hideki, <clears throat> excuse me, missed the cut this week. So I can get all the other picks right, except for for who I think is going to do well in each tournament. So, um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, anyways, <clears throat> are we planning on covering that relatively soon? Probably when we have four people in here, probably planning on covering what? The Fantasy Golf League. Are we going to give updates on the podcast or no? Yeah, we can give some updates. I would actually like to give one uh, myself. And maybe I should give myself the delusional award because (laughs) I looked at the leaderboard and I thought to myself, I think I'm going to finish the top of the league this week um, for for our fantasy little golf thing. Guys, the golfers that I thought I picked, I didn't pick. I didn't pick any of them. I I thought I had John Rahm, Scheffler. Homa, dude, I picked only Rom, and then I picked Tiger Woods, Adam Scott. Guys, I I don't That's know terrible. when I made my nice. picks, but I wasn't even close to it. Nice, dude. Yeah. I, I had Homa, 
I had Homa and I was about to go with John Rom, but I'm like, I'm going to save him for later. Cause you know, you can only play so many guys over a certain period of time. Right. And I, so I just, I got too cute. Otherwise I would have had the one and two finishers. And then I, I did have about three Asians on my team. That's what I'm nice. talking about. So yep. that's I feel I'm... like, I feel like I should have been able to do the, um, fortune cookie award but that's just me i don't know see and that's and that's the problem so if you're listening to this uh fantasy golf i've never played it in my life you can only use golfers three times is it throughout the year is that what the no so it's per it's called a segment so our segment restarts at augusta i think so we you guys can play as many of those golfers as you want because you're not going to run out of starts for augusta essentially I picked Tiger Woods because I was like trying to save like the golfers that I wanted to pick. I thought this was the entire year, so I was no, I was it, saving it resets, my Asians. I think I think it resets right after Augusta or right before. Um, so play those guys as much as you want. I do want to say I did put that in our group chat. I'm just going to put that out there. Definitely did. So not I was not that. hiding information from you guys. <laughs> I did put that in the group chat. Do I struggle with reading information and details? Yes, I do. So that is yeah. absolutely on me. Um, but yeah, no. So if you are listening to this, we will give updates when we have four people on the pod. Because right now, if you don't know, it is myself, Jordan, David. Arian and Parker, all in this fantasy league, people that you'll see on these recaps. And uh, we wanted to do this to kind of give a little bit more uh, competition and stuff that we can talk about on these recaps because um, it's pretty entertaining. I didn't think I would enjoy fantasy golf as much as I do. I'm like pissed off at myself, by the way. Sorry, this is the last thing I'll say about it. I'm pissed off because I didn't realize like you have people on your bench, right? So if someone mm. misses the cut, you can replace them. I have missed out the last two weeks. And literally like two days ago, I was like, oh my goodness, Hideki Matsuyama missed the cut. So I go into my details and I'm like, okay, I picked Keegan Bradley and I picked Tony Finau. Keegan got cut as well. So I'm like, well, shoot, I have to pick Tony. And Tony already teed off on the first hole. I wanted to chuck something. I was so upset. So sorry, that's my little rant of the day. Um, I like it. There, there's a learning curve to all this fantasy golf stuff, man. It is different than oh, any yeah. other, uh, any uh, wow, any other sport. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, um, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, it's the learning though. curve is steep, but you're learning it in segment number one. Keep in mind, segment number one. Ariane is under the impression that this is that he's like off, off in the running, and I can say this without him here, dude. We're all learning how this goes, and you guys didn't even know the proper rules. <laughs> so, True. Yeah. No. Um, yeah. Well, plus. Yeah. Wait till we get to the second segment where then all of a sudden in the third segment where you've got all of the major tournaments right going. And so now you really got to start picking who are your, you know, who are your guys? Mm-hmm. Who's going to be there? Because you, you can only you use actually so much. save the good guys for those tournaments. Yeah. And yep. yeah. Which means you got to go deep. I mean, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. Well, that's all I've got for this podcast. David, do you have anything else? Jordan, anything else to to round out the pod? This has been this has been an incredible tournament to watch, and I think the the designated events for the PGA Tour are working. Um, and I think next week is next week used to be kind of a big week for for big names to go out there for the Honda Classic. You you get Justin Thomas and those other names, and we're not seeing. David and I were looking at the field for next week. It isn't exactly yeah, an enticing. <laughs> awesome no it's honestly it's honestly a bunch of old names Mm -hmm. that if you were watching golf five to ten years ago would have been 
in a lot of fields and you would have known. And now, I mean, Rory Sabatini. Yep. Like Zach, I don't even know if you've heard of that guy before. <laughs> Never in my life. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he's in the tournament, you know, Aaron Baddeley, like it, it's, it's wild. It's a bunch of old. And I figured there'd be some young guns and I'm sure there are, but I think right now, a lot of the young guns are, they're playing pretty well and they're in the top 50 in the world. And, yep. you know, it's, it's an interesting, it's an interesting time right now with who are the top golfers in the world. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, there's some really talented players and none of them are going to be at the Honda classic. Yeah, yep. absolutely. Well, I still look forward to it. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you guys so much for watching. David, Jordan, pleasure as always for you guys being on the pod. David, your first time. Congrats, by the way. You crushed it. That was that was awesome. That was a lot of fun. Loved it. Um, but yeah, no, if you guys could please like, share, subscribe. I always say it, but thank you guys so much. It has been an incredible journey so far. And we cannot do it without you guys. And yeah, that's pretty much all I got. We will see you guys next week with the Honda Classic.